0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Two shining
1: moments last night. First, Marquise Noel Fake argues with his coach into an alley In New York, we call that multitasking. And three hours later, Julian Strather from the Madness logo. Madness, I tell you. Gonzaga, from life to death, back to life. It's Friday, folks. Let's have some fun. Yeah. What a you made shot. it, Francis. The dribble handoff. Gonzaga-UCLA, another instant classic. The play, everyone will remember Julian Strother's deep three. Glorious and devastating at the same time. UCLA was up big at the half before going without a field goal. For over 10 minutes. Drew Timmy, 36, doing the heavy lifting, although the free throws at the end, mm, almost giving the Bruins a second life. Clinton,
2: did Gonzaga win this or did UCLA blow this one? I think UCLA lost this, but I would not qualify it as a collapse. I think to say that they blew it is a fair term simply because of what you brought up earlier. If you go 10-plus minutes in the second half of a game in the NCAA tournament without making a field goal, you cannot expect to win much. Also, Gonzaga managed to make some adjustments at halftime that were particularly important. The turnovers were an issue in the first half. In the second half, they managed to shift their defense a little bit, but ultimately I think what it came down to was this. These Bruin guys were tired. They didn't get their first bench points until – After the under 16 in the second half, and, you know, Cronin plays what they call out here jokingly a tight five like every other stand-up comedian. They just didn't have the gas at the end of that game. And even though they got a good shot and to make one to, you know, send it to where it did, and another one that could have sent it to overtime, they just didn't have it. I think they lost this game, but I wouldn't say they collapsed or they blew it per se. Woody, UCLA, yes,
1: they went about over 10 minutes without a field goal, but they did have the lead in the final seconds. Did Gonzaga win this one?
3: Make up your mind then. you said UCA blew it, and then you said they were tired at the end. You're making excuses for them. You're a guy that uh, on the show with me about a week and a half ago said Gonzaga was not going to go that deep in the tournament. They won the game. They made the shot at the end. My goodness, give them the credit for it. As you said, they adjusted in the second half after being down by 11, 12 points, uh, their biggest deficit of the entire year, and they made the changes to actually get back in the game and take, what, a 10-point lead, and then they won it at the end. I'm not going to blame UCLA. These are young guys. There's a lot of pressure here. They probably were tired somewhat, but they during that period of 10 minutes, They were getting the open shots. They didn't make them. That doesn't mean they were blowing it. It meant they just weren't making 60 70% of their attempts. I think that Gonzaga proved that it could come back and could win the game at the end. It could have gone either way, so nobody blew it. It was a miraculous shot from the logo. Courtney, let's
1: talk about that shot. Where would you rank that in terms of historic moments in the NCAA tournament?
4: I think it's up there with the shot that Jalen Subs made against UCLA two years ago and then goes and jumps on the scorer's table after that desperation heave that sends them into the national championship game. Let's think about the history here. Mark Few pulling on Jay Wright, the former Villanova coach, back in 2017. That's the exact same look that they used to get Chris Jenkins open for that three to win the national championship. You talked about it in the post-game press conference that this was a look where Hunter Salas was supposed to drive the ball up the court kind of quickly with Julian Strother trailing him. Like, Strother... Asked Mark Few in the huddle, hey, if I've got an open look, can I take this shot? And he said, absolutely. That's exactly what panned out for the open three that won them the game. Courtney,
1: drawing it up like you're John Wooden over there. Harry, what about that final shot by Gonzaga? How big of a shot? It was huge. But
5: I do want to get back to the fact that they blew this game you talk about 10 minutes without making a shot that is the entire point of basketball is to put the ball (laughs) in the basket what are we talking about guys i mean come on but yes let's go back to the shot here right because yes ucla blew a 13 point lead gonzaga had a 10 point lead late in this game they blew that as well amari bailey comes down the floor hits his shot gonzaga is tight 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 tight. And the one thing that they did not need to do on that final possession was think too much. And to Courtney's point, Strother saw an opportunity and he did not think and he took that deep three, which had all of us thinking like, whoa, what kind of a shot is that? But because he didn't think about it, it snapped their streak and it was the one that won them the game. All right,
1: Clinton, back to you. Just on the greatness of that shot in that moment to pull up from
2: that far away. It was a big shot, but just like the number one seeds in this tournament are not your father's number one seeds, long heaves on a basketball courts are not the same thing these days that they used to be. Guys pull up and take those shots all the time. And considering how much time was left in the possession, possibly, I actually didn't think it was that bad of a shot. It happened to go in, but they were crushing him on the offensive boards. It made a little sense to put that up from where he did.
1: And Drew Timmy had an unbelievable moment. But how about him at the free throw line? That looked like the last place he wanted to be. Woody Page?
3: I... I I just want to mention having watched a, fifth, a half century of NCAA uh, tournaments that the one that always will stand out in my mind is Kentucky and Duke. Yeah. That one still lives with Later. me. But in regard to, to the last shot, he took it early enough that if the rebound came out, they would have another chance that. So I think that's kind of overlooked in the situation.
1: Fifty years for Woody Page. We need you to provide the program from the 73 Final Four. We want to call you on that one. All right, and somehow we got an even more thrilling game.
5: Kansas State,
1: Michigan State, earlier in the night, the kid from Harlem, Marquise Noel, everything, everywhere, all at once. 20 points, 19 assists, and coming back from an ankle injury on top of it. Game went to overtime, and there was Noel, of course, closing the game with a steal and a layup. Harry, what are your thoughts seeing for what you saw from Kansas State, and Marquise Noel. And what about just this historic run that Kansas State is on?
5: It's hard to find enough words to describe how great this is because I know for me, when I saw Michigan State got this to overtime, I thought Tom Izzo and that experience was going to be the thing that helped Michigan State come out on top in this moment. And with Marquise Noel and just the the confidence in which you play he had the injury it clearly did not matter to him he decided last night they were not going to lose that basketball game i think he scored or assisted on 64 percent of all of their points and when he was going back and forth with jerome uh tang their coach he was not like doing that four games that is something that he said that they do back and forth in practice All the time, it was something they prepared for. And for him to throw that lob to Keontae Johnson, who has had a journey of his own, to me, was just so poetic. And then for Noel to get the steal at the end there to top it off was perfect.
1: Clinton, that alley-oop, is that a design play, or or is that organic just happening in
2: the moment? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but I just want to extol the virtues of the lost art of the reverse dunk. Yes. Come on, players. We love that. The camera can see you, and you can still put it down for a high-percentage shot. Overall, though, what this game represented to me was something a little bit different. Kansas State is a program that has put themselves together in the modern look of what college basketball is, between their coach, Jerome Tang, all of the transfers that they have, turning it around from what they did, moving within conference to find a coach. To me, this was an Excellent example of what college basketball can be when you let people move around at will and put themselves together to make a fun squad. And Noel obviously had the night. We've got Cameron, Mace, rappers in the building at MSG. This is a great night of basketball in the NCAA tournament what you, for the Woody Page?
3: As someone who's seen basketball games in Manhattan, New York and Manhattan, Kansas, I will tell you that that rates up there with one of the greats that I've seen since Bill Walden in 1973. But I think Noel was prepared for the moment. He said, I'm going to determine this game. I thought it was great fun afterward, after he was coming home that he was having selfies made with everybody in the crowd and he was just enjoying and enduring the moment. So Kansas State, yes, they know how to play the game of basketball and they I know that makes no sense, but they <laughs> know how to play it correctly. You're and that's it. what we saw in the difference because I I thought that it was gonna go when it went into overtime. Michigan State's gonna do this because izzo has been here over and over again.
1: I like Woody dating himself saying he was at the 73 Final Four. I'll date myself Noel reminds me a little bit of Michael Adams played a million years ago at Boston College, maybe a little bit Khalid El-Amin. Courtney, what about the performance of Marquise Noel last night?
4: I mean, the kid grew up in Harlem, not far away from the world's most famous arena. He dreamed of this. Like, can you picture a better opportunity to do this in front of your family, your friends, everybody from your hometown? And this is not a flash in the pan moment. He may be the smallest player on the floor at barely five foot eight, but he had the biggest moment in this tournament and continues to have big moments. He's averaging 21.3 points per game and 14 assists per game in the NCAA tournament. A very big reason. Why Jerome Tang said he's a bad man after winning that game. I
1: like it. We got somebody from Chicago extolling the vo- virtues of New Yorkers. That gets you even more points. All right, we've been Horn. Let's move on. Two other games last night, UConn over Arkansas without much drama. The Huskies keep winning by double digits. And then you have Florida Atlantic upsetting Tennessee. Sorry, Woody. An incredible March run punctuated by last night's incredible second half. Courtney, I know you had Arkansas. Sorry, now i got to deduct some points going into this one. But who has impressed you more to advance to the Sweet 16, UConn or FAU?
4: Let's think about how UConn started this season, 14-0 in a stretch where they actually beat Alabama. People forget about that because over their next games, next eight games, they go two and six. They kind of fall into the background. Their Ken Palm ranking, three, is higher than their seed. Four, the 14-0 run, the 9-0 run in this game is what sealed it for me. They might be the most complete team remaining in the tournament.
1: Harry
5: Lyles. Yeah, I agree with Courtney. The fact that Ricky Council came out and said that he felt like that was the most complete team, he plays on a team with two lottery picks. So if he feels that way, there's certainly got to be some truth to it. I think, though, that their greatest test is going to come up against this Gonzaga team that just beat what I thought was one of the better and more experienced teams in UCLA. That should be a classic. Clinton Yates?
2: Yeah, but the Owls are doing it the fun way. They got the sixth man of the year at Conference USA. It was also all-tournament burning through people. I love an upstart story like this, even though in a time when teams aren't that good, it's odd to see UConn just steamrolling people as if nobody even has a chance from Hurley squads. Odd.
1: Woody Page, who impressed you more, FAU or UConn?
3: <laughs> well, Florida Atlantic a week ago, we'd say the Owls, who? But they proved last so night they Page belong right? in this tournament belong in this game. But I would say this. UConn is dominating by double digits against teams. It's the most dominant team in the tournament. You have to think that they're the favorites moving forward. All right, so who do we
1: have coming out really quick from the games that will be played tomorrow? Who's headed to the Final Four? Courtney,
4: quick. I'll take Gonzaga, and I'll take UConn. Harry?
5: I'll go Gonzaga and UConn as well. Same.
1: Woody? Yes. All right, that's going to do it for us. What a performance though so from FAU. Out of nowhere. They won 32 games combined the previous two seasons, one game away from the final four. Fire Cell coming up next. I heard you have
2: to win tournaments to win tournaments, Woody.
6: Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Grey Goose.
1: The Lamar Jackson mess keeps getting messier. The NFL putting out a memo to all teams warning them not to negotiate a contract with Jackson's business partner that isn't a certified agent. The man in question, Ken Francis, is selling a portable gym with Jackson and Jackson responding via tweet. Stop lying. That man never tried to negotiate for me. Clinton, what is this
2: all about? This is sloppy, this is awkward for everybody involved. And I don't just mean Lamar Jackson in terms of the negotiations with the Ravens or who he's got around his circle, who may or may not be negotiating for him, but also for the NFL. Do you really want people to know this? This seems like relatively garden variety stuff in terms of whom interacts with whom. And this leaves me with far more questions than anything else about how businesses are run. I don't need to know any of this until somebody signs it. Woody?
3: Yeah, I'm like Clinton, I'm selling everybody involved in all this. Why didn't the NFL just pick up the phone and call each of the teams and go, this is on the QT, but just, you know, don't talk to this guy. Why doesn't Lamar have an agent? That's a problem. And what in the world is a gym guy really out there doing? We don't know the story. It shouldn't be a story, actually.
1: Courtney, you deal with agents all the time. I'm sure they love the fact that the NFL sent out this memo, but is there really any harm here with what his friend is doing? You
4: This is a carbon copy of the memo the NFL sent out back in August when a gentleman by the name of St. Omni was allegedly contacting teams on behalf of former Bears linebacker Roquan Smith, who you know ended up getting traded to the Baltimore Ravens back in November. So I'm not surprised the NFL wants people to stick to the rules, have NFLPA certified agents be the only one conducting business with front offices. But this is a sign of a larger problem. To me, I'm buying that this tells you if Lamar Jackson needs somebody, whether it's Ken Francis or somebody else, reaching out to him on behalf of himself, trying to get teams to express interest in giving up those two first round picks to match that offer sheet. There's a reason teams aren't clamoring to give up two first round picks right now. They know that the Ravens are gonna match the offer sheet. It just drives the price up.
1: Courtney, really quickly, what was the name again of the gentleman who was negotiating? You came up with the agent's name, who was that?
4: Ken Francis is the one being implicated here in that yep. memo. St. Omni Saint was Omni. the one who's being implicated for uh, the first like a Mons
1: movie script. I, a, I like that. That's a great name. Harry Lyle.
5: Yeah, I just think the NFL's making a bigger deal out of this than it needs to be. I- Obviously, getting becoming a certified NFL agent, you need twenty five hundred dollars, and you have to do like a two day seminar. So, like this guy has been calling teams on behalf of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a one of two unanimous MVPs that the NFL has ever seen. He's twenty six years old. He is at worst a top five quarterback in the NFL, and you're telling me he has to have somebody call teams on his behalf? There's thirty one teams that aren't calling Lamar Jackson. That doesn't seem right to me. All right, buy or sell number two. Back to college basketball. Four more Sweet 16 games tonight
1: and both of the remaining one seeds in action against the five seeds. Overall, one Alabama against San Diego State and Houston against Miami. Woody, which one seed is more vulnerable tonight?
3: Well, I think they're both going to win, but I'm going to give Miami a UFC kicker's chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had 20 offensive rebounds, in their last game. They've been on a magical run like they were a year ago, and they've got an incredible backcourt that actually could uh, create some problems for Houston. Courtney?
4: Miami makes Houston more vulnerable, and I'm really looking forward to this matchup because of the contrasting styles. Houston wants to keep this game in the half court. Miami's going to try to get opportunities in transition. But Houston is the best offensive rebounding team in the country, and they did their damage that way in the early round of the tournament.
1: Harry, more vulnerable number
5: one. I'm going to go Alabama. I think that they're going to win this game, but the difference in pace here is huge as well. Alabama's fifth in Ken Palm. And San Diego State is, I believe, 263. So if San Diego State is actually able to slow this game down and play at their pace, I think that gives them a chance. But I'm still going to take the tie. And Clinton Yates. Woody, it
2: sounds to me like the Hurricanes really actually know how to play basketball. Actually, they have played a good, better competition coming up to it. So I think that they are more likely to win. But. I'm still surprised that the bag, the bottom kind of hasn't fallen out of the bag for Alabama. This is still a very awkward season for them in terms of everything that's happened off the court. It'll be interesting to see how far they go. Right,
1: buy or sell three. Let's go to the other March Madness. Some big games today in the women's slate, but no name bigger than Caitlin Clark and Iowa. A favorable path to the Final Four starts tonight, lined up against Colorado. If they win, the winner of Ole Miss, Louisville, Sunday. Three straight 2010 games for Clark. Courtney, buy or sell her and Iowa. Keeping this going.
4: I buy Caitlin Clark all the way and Iowa keeping this going tonight against Colorado. They survived that scare against Georgia because of Caitlin Clark. She either scored or assisted on 31 of 33 of Iowa's basket field goals in that game. She's going to continue to do it tonight against a very gritty front court that just survived an overtime scare against Duke.
5: Harry Lyles. Since February 26, when Iowa got their revenge over Indiana, Kaitlyn Clark is averaging 27, 11, and 7. I don't think that that's going to stop tonight. I think that they would need to worry about the winner of all Miss Louisville because those two teams are really starting to believe in themselves. Clinton.
2: Yeah, the Buffaloes have good perimeter speed in terms of their defense, but I do think that all Miss is the team to look for here with Coach Joe. They handled Indiana in that last game. They just skate by. So, yeah, Kaitlyn Clark and them might be good now, but that next round is going to be tough.
3: And Woody Page. Yes, Sala has a pretty comfortable uh, path to the championship, but I do want to mention that the Bucs have a guard that is outstanding, too, and Jalen Sherrod, and she's going to be important in this game.
1: And there we go. Look at that. Well, Courtney and Clinton, now you know how UCLA and Tennessee feel. Higher seeded, had to be eliminated. Woody Page, Got a Harry Lyles, coming up next in the lightning round. We'll be
6: right back. You
3: can't win without this.
6: It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Free agent Ezekiel Elliott reportedly has three teams on his wish list. The Jets, the Bengals, and the Eagles. That's kind of news to the Bengals. Zach Taylor said, we like our team where it's at right now. All right, so Woody, what's the best spot for Zeke?
3: I think it's the Jets. Honestly, even though they have a good running back, there's an opportunity he might be able to play with Aaron Rodgers if he goes to New York. And as we all know, Frank, that's the place to be.
5: But see, just like Zach Taylor, Brees Hall said the Jets are good there. It's got to be Philadelphia. He would pair really well with Rashad Penny. And also, who's going to be better than Zeke Elliott than pushing Jalen Hurts forward for a first down in the behind?
1: What do you think I'm that soft that kissing up to the host is going to get you points? You're 100% right. We'll find out. Next, Rory McIlroy yesterday at the WGC match play, 375-yard par 4, 18th hole smashes the driver within three feet of the pin. That's like a happy Gilmore distance. The Golf Channel's Brad Faxon called it one of the best drives in the history of the game. Jimmy Roberts, my buddy from the University of Maryland, said that is literally one of the best shots we've ever seen in golf. Harry, you're going to go
5: that big with your analysis. Frank, you handsome devil, of course I am. I'm all about living in the moment. It was a great shot. I'm for celebrating it. Yes, let's give him his props.
3: No, there's no chance whatsoever. On a Thursday, at a minor tournament, you hit that shot and you consider it the greatest of all time? No! You see those every week.
1: You know you're my guy, Harry, but Woody Page, Tennessee lost last night, so you take the win today.
3: Well, I know, Harry, you've been waiting for this showdown since you were nine years old, and I'm sorry. I've been waiting for it since I was 59 years old, but I'm happy for Tom Brady. He didn't go to the Las Vegas Raiders, but he is joined a team in Las Vegas. What do I mean by that? He has become a minority owner of the aces who won the WNBA championship. And he will be involved. He said, after he purchased it, that he wanted to be a winner on the field and off the field. And that's exactly what he's done. And he said, this will, he thinks. Help women's professional sports. Good for Tom Brady, but he's going to be involved as an owner. Who's next? The Patriots?
1: That means the rumors of the Raiders are going to start. He's going to win another ring. All right, folks, that's going to do it for me. Thanks for coming around all week. We're on a a 71-and-a-half-hour break. I'm going to hand it off to the Clintonian Institute next week. Clinton here. Catch it. I'll see you next week, kiddos!